Here's what's coming up on this week's show. If we're going into it being Johnny Big Socks, thinking that we know everything, then we're not really going to have the opportunity to... Johnny Big Socks, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> the Beat. Welcome to The Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to The Big Little Business Show, the first full-length episode of... I guess you could call it season two. Now, before we go any further, just want to mention that if you're listening to us for the first time, or maybe if you've listened to us before, don't forget to hit follow on whatever platform you're listening to us on so you get future episodes directly into your phone device and make sure you leave us a review or your comments because that all helps to big us up in podcast land. How was your month off? I mean, Mm. we're calling it a month off, Claire, but to the listeners, we haven't gone anywhere, even though we went somewhere. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense whatsoever, really. I've had a lovely break, thank you, yes. And uh, it's been, sometimes I think you only realise how much you needed a break at the moment that you are because we get so um, embroiled with what we're doing um, that sometimes by stopping it makes you realise you really needed to rest. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I didn't go very far for my holiday uh, last month, but just by not having a computer in front of me, um, not dipping my eyes into social media every five minutes... I just felt certainly chilled out when I went came, when I came home. It was great and more focused and ready to sort of hit the uh, the new month hard. And uh, in this new episode and the, this new kind of season, if you like, of the Big Little Business Show, we've kind of made a few changes. We've gone for slightly shorter episodes, even though you're still going to be packed full of content. Uh, and on some uh, some occasions, we're actually splitting the episodes up into two parts because I kind of feel. By cramming it all into one, sometimes we miss some bits that are really important. But by spreading it out over two episodes, we've got some bits that, you know, you normally wouldn't hear. But they're such big topics, you can't possibly get everything into just the one. So, yeah, I think it's it really sort of focuses the mind by splitting it into two because then they both, each episode complements each other and we can get a lot more covered as well. So what are we covering this week? So we're talking about how to work smarter rather than harder. Now, this is something that I think a lot of people fall foul of at the moment because post-COVID or kind of post-ish COVID a lot of people are working from home a lot more and it's much much harder to shut the door on the office wherever that might be in your home uh, and therefore people are working longer hours and maybe working on their business a lot more than they would and that might not necessarily be a good thing. Yeah we've had to adapt the way that we work and especially for people who have maybe gone into an office you know there's a clear differentiation between being at work and being at home but sometimes we can be busy doing nothing or maybe thinking about our business when we're working from home but not actually doing any activity so we kid ourselves into thinking that we are working hard but are we actually working in a smart way and three firsts for the podcast this week yes the first first is we have a new feature coming up later on in the show with the lovely mindset master mm. dean fox tell you more about that uh, after we've had the interview Uh, The second first is it's our first guest from Hawaii. Yes. And the third first, which is quite difficult to say. Is that really hard to say? Are you spitting everywhere? I am. I'm getting there. Um, The third first, I even said it again, uh, is that we're having the same guest this week and next week, aren't we? So, yes, we are going to be talking to Dan Mangina. And Dan works with business owners to help them find alignment with their dream life of abundance joy and purpose so i'm looking forward to hearing dan's take on how you can work smarter rather than harder this is the big little business show Here we go. okay dan what i'd like to know from you is what is your own take 
on working smarter. Uh, what does it actually mean and, and what does it look like for you? So I feel that far too often people think that hard work is what's going to make it. But we all know people that are, well, pretty broke or not even really getting too far, but they're working every hour God sends. So it's not necessarily working hard. For me, working smart is working effectively. Working effectively to get the most out of the time that you're actually spending working doesn't necessarily mean working harder. It could just mean that you're eliciting the most flow, you're maximizing the use of your resources, you're working in a way that means that everything that you are putting in is getting a more effective return. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's the interpretation of what actually smarter means. So mm. do you think this differs a lot from person to person as to what their own idealistic way of working smarter is? Yeah, and I think that I idealistic way of working smarter doesn't necessarily mean that it is the smarter way of working. True. I think this is one of the reasons why having outside accountability, having the experience of others, having some kind of metric that you're working to actually is, is more beneficial because there are people that think that they're working really smart, but they're working really smart going nowhere. So definitely having some kind of standardized uh, measurement or metric by which we're, we're measuring uh, and really having having an outcome that you're actually working towards and seeing is the way that I'm doing this actually more effective in getting to that outcome um, than perhaps what Claire or Paul might offer as being an option for how I might do it, you know? Yes, yeah, I think, uh, Dan, that I think the world's, cha- well, we, we all know the world's changed, but I think the way people are mm. working has changed as well. So I'm wondering if there are people who perhaps might have been uh, working a little bit smarter when they were working in an office environment or working pre-COVID. And now mm-hmm. a lot more people are working from home and it's just mm-hmm. way too easy because your office is, it might be in another room or it might be in the dining room or something. It's way too easy just to, oh, I just need to do this or I just need to answer this email mm-hmm. and you're never away from it. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's really sort of almost counterproductive, isn't it? A hundred percent. And again, here's, here's the thing. A lot of people are in completely new unknown territory. So they're not in a position to know what the metrics are or their unconscious mind's going to be in a place where it doesn't really recognize that it's not necessarily getting the most efficacy. If I'm working from the office and I'm used to working from the office, I know I come into the office, I'm going to do emails at this time. I'm going to have my lunch break at this time. I don't have snacks in the table. I don't have a TV where I can quickly catch a quick episode of this morning or what have you. Oh, Dan, you're good. You're really good. No <laughs> snacks on the table. Wow. Couldn't, couldn't survive. <laughs> I do actually have snacks. I'm talking about all the good people out there. So, but they don't have these distractions, right? Whereas, when, like, so for example, I, I work from an office now. My office is just across the road, so it's a 10 minute walk. Uh, great because I have the same view of the ocean and the uh, land. Oh, don't and rub it in. I'm not rubbing it in. I'm making a point. But when I was working from home, it was awful, not only because my wife would incessantly come in and, hey, do you want something to eat? Yeah, we do that. Oh, are you, do- are you busy? <laughs> Are you on the phone? Oh, do you know what, Dan? It's great that it's great that your wife actually comes in. I usually get shouted at from the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I have to go downstairs to find out what she wants. I was recording a podcast once, a video. She just came and put like a glass of water in front of me. Oh, that's Did nice. You, you haven't drunk it? No, but it's not because it's, like, it's distractive. And so I'm like, I'm like, babe, I love it. I love you. Thank you. And then once she got really mad with me, I hope she's not listening to this. My wife's Russian, by the way, so she's deadly. Did you know, by the way, quick, quick, quick yeah. tangent. Go on. Did you know that the highest mortality rate of women killing their husbands is Russian women? Is it really? But the fact is, oh she gosh. got really mad because she came in. I was on a call. She came in. Babe, do you need it? You haven't had anything this morning. Do you want a protein shake? I was, I started, I had an earlier call. Um, so I started at, at home. 
Uh, I was like, no, I'm, I'm on a call right now. But babe, do you want to say, babe, I'm, I'm on a call right now. Fine. I just wanted to see if you need anything. And people are like listening. <laughs> I got, got a room of people on Zoom listening to me, having it out with my wife. Oh, it was absolutely hilarious. But these are the things that we don't necessarily have the same boundaries for. So it's not just the people, right? It's also the people around. Look at kids. Kids have been home as well. Yeah. So they're just going to come and sort of bounce on the bounce on the table or or, or whatever and and not really understand. So there's a whole dynamic that everybody's learning to dance with mm. because of what's been going on with the pandemic. So of course we're having to learn to do things in a new way. Yeah, I can I can vouch for that actually with the with the homeschooling. Um, when you're at home, you're at home. When you're at school, you're at school. And the kind of the two didn't really merge particularly well together. Um, <laughs> So do you think sometimes, uh, I mean, I know I've been guilty of this, that I think about work. I think when you work for yourself, people sometimes don't appreciate how much you think about what it is you do. Mm. And sometimes we can be busy, think we're busy, but actually we haven't been busy at all. We've just been thinking about things and kidding ourselves that actually we have been doing the do, where in actual fact we've just been thinking about it. Do you think that that could be the case where people are thinking, I am working smartly, I've been super busy today, but actually in reality, they're well, not. You're touching on this whole thing about the difference between being busy and being productive. Yeah. There are people that are really, really busy not doing anything. But again, I mean, I do a lot of work with people around intentionality, right, and having really clear direction. When that clear direction is properly juxtaposed against uh, some metrics like we spoke about before, um, having some kind of accountability, then you can actually see, well, what is what I'm doing actually working towards? But a lot of people don't have a clear direction. I've got a business. Well, you know, how much do you want to make this year? Or how many people do you want to impact? What do you need to do on a week-to-week, month-to-month, day-to-day basis in order to move towards that? A lot of people are just trying to survive. A lot of people, unfortunately, lost their job. So they're kind of just finding, oh, well, I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to go and do that from home. I saw this on the internet. And they're just trying it, but they don't really understand the business side of business. So they are being very busy. I'm making calls. Yeah, but are you actually calling people that can even invest in your, your products and services? I had a connection. Is that even a, you know, a relationship that's going to help move your business forward? So I think, again, the intentionality and having a conscious relationship to what you're doing and the outcomes that you're going to elicit from what you're doing is imperative. So I think the most important thing at this stage is while we're talking about uh, working smarter rather than harder, mm. people need to actually admit to themselves that perhaps they might not be working as effectively as perhaps they could. And for some people, that can be really hard to do, can't it? I, I love the quote that may have been Socrates, may have not. We all know half of these memes on the internet weren't written by the person that they're credited to. But, um, <laughs> but the wisest man, actually, no, this is Socrates, because I actually read, I actually read, um, I, I read this in Fado, I think it was. The, the wisest man is the one that knows that he knows nothing at all, right? So when we're approaching new things, such as entrepreneurship, a new day, a new business, a new opportunity, going, to, going into that, open to actually hearing what someone else might have to say as advice, open to learning from other people's experience, definitely sets us ahead. If we're going into it being Johnny Big Socks, thinking that we know everything, then we're not really going to have the opportunity. To- Johnny Big Socks, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I tell you what, Paul, having kids in the house really has you find creative ways to say funny things without using funny <laughs> words yeah fudge, fudge shizzles and socks definitely exist in my house let's just just go off on a little tangent for a second dan have you seen a program called um uh, the good place yeah oh my god i love that show i was very sad that it ended so, so do i it's great isn't it but they do that all have you seen this claire the good place no i haven't seen it you've got no. to watch it claire the, the, the whole premise of the show 
Wait, is... wait, wait. You can't tell that. That kind of gives the whole thing away. Yeah, don't spoil it for me. I'll <laughs> you watch it. No, you're it. right. I can't, can I? Yeah, yeah good point, Dan. Well, well made. Yeah, well, well interrupted. It's about the afterlife. It's about the afterlife. Um, morality, learning to improve. Actually, hang on. I think I might have, actually. I think I might have about what happens in the afterlife and what choice you have. It's got Ted Danson in it. Yeah, I think I might have a long time ago. He's amazing. He is amazing in that show. So, um, look, very often in business, we're, we're told or advised we should be doing certain things, but I think it's really important to know why you're doing it and how you would actually know that you are doing the do and actually doing what you've been, what has been suggested. So how would somebody actually know if they are working smarter rather than harder? Uh, would there be, you know, any particular indications or signs that somebody knows that they're actually achieving that? I mean, how would they know? So it's all very well to say maybe we should encourage we should work smarter rather than harder, but how would we know if we are indeed doing that? You know, the really funny thing, um, I was actually thinking about this. One of my mentors, a guy called Greg Reed, he writes for the Napoleon Hill Foundation, internationally recognized speaker, wrote a gazillion best-selling books. Um, and he's, he, he actually put something into my mind. He says, well, why do people go and get business degrees from people who have never run a business? We've had this mention yeah. on the podcast before. We have. I was just trying to think of that episode, yeah. Because when you write a business plan, yeah. plan uh, to maybe get some financial support, you hand it over to someone at the bank who's never run a business. So it's a tick box exercise, really. A lot of us are getting advice from places where we're told we should get advice from. But is that the place to get the advice from? So my offering to anyone who's listening to this is seek out someone who's actually done what you want to do. It may not be in the same industry necessarily, but it could be the same type of business. Um, There'll definitely be people that you can learn from and and get a variety of, of insights and then see what works for you. But definitely get advice from people who have actually been where you want to go, not people who have got some piece of paper that says that they should know something and read it in a book somewhere. Yeah, that's really, really sound advice. So let's just say you're in a position where you've admitted to yourself that perhaps you might be chasing a tail a little bit too much and you need to mm-hmm. uh, rethink about how you do things, uh, make yourself work uh, a bit more effectively. Uh, so what, maybe a, would a good place to start to be to establish what you want to achieve personally out of being a business owner in the first place? I think that unless you've established that, you're never going to find success in anything, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in your health, whether it's in your business, uh, whether it's in a charity drive that you want to do, unless you have a clear outcome, then how are you going to plot out an effective route? Some people happen upon it. They, they stumble into it. Some people get the luck of the Irish around it, but for the most part, a lot of people don't get where they're going because they don't know where they're going because they haven't actually set up a conscious relationship to the outcome that they actually want to achieve. Yeah, so let's find out what kind of uh, key elements we need to sort of put in place um, in order to free up time. So we do start working mm. smarter. We do learn to down tools at a certain time and you know, get that work-life balance that we all strive for. Well, definitely having a conscious relationship to yourself. When do you have the most efficacy? I cannot remember the name of the author, but I was listening to the Tony Robbins podcast and there was a guy there that specialized on like um, sleep cycles and when people are most productive and everyone said, go to bed early, get up early, be in the 5am club. But some people are more effective at night. So, right. Some people are early. I know for me, I'm great at doing thinky stuff somewhere between uh, 11 and one or between five and eight. That's like when it comes to like brainstormy, thinking, creativity stuff, that's when I'm in my groove. So if someone like asked me to do a testimonial or I've got to do something 
that's going to really require me sitting down and applying my mind, that's when I'm going to do it. I'm able to have conversations and talk with people and do that kind of stuff at any time. But those are my optimal times for that kind of task. And so I only tend to do that kind of task in that pocket of time. Does that make sense? But this is what goes to show that there's not one, it's not one rule for everybody. Oh, no. And if you understand no, truly where you're heading and what you want to achieve, you will find your own groove, I feel. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, later on in the evening, I just come up with the, these ideas and then I write them down. We've talked about this before, haven't we, Paul, in previous episodes. And I just, I write it down and then first thing, I'm similar to you, Dan, actually, and then first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of you a bit, I'm it. a bit rubbish in between 12 and 3. No, I, th- I think it's between 3 and 12, Claire. <laughs> Do you know what I knew you going to say something when I said that <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for that um but yeah it's, it's what works for you and everyone else's commitments and different family challenges and what goes on in your life but yeah it's the same with everything exercise um I'm better off getting my exercise in before sort of 7 30 in the morning that just tends to be when it is yeah I'm oh same gosh, here. not even up afternoon and evening gym yeah six o'clock forget about it no, no. Good for me. I, I totally agree with you. I, I think you're right. I think that's a really important thing to understand about yourself is you know, when you are the most effective um, at all these different tasks. And it might not necessarily be when you're already working. No. Uh, so that's it's a really good thing to think about. So what other things would be important to sort of understand or to know about yourself to make sure that you're a bit of a smarter worker? So I, I talk about, there's a teaching that I've got called Money DNA. Uh, and Money DNA, in short looks at our natural predispositions, any archetype things we've got, like our motivation, mind map, human design, even down to our four tendencies. And we, we create a whole map for all of these aspects of ourselves. I would encourage people to look at some of these um, personality tests and all these kind of things and look for the common threads. Don't necessarily take on all of it and turn into like a you know, super nerd about personality tests, but look for where those common threads are. So simple ones like um, Four Tendencies, which is Gretchen Rubin's work, Gretchen Rubin's work around how we deal with expectation. Uh, I'm a rebel type. As soon as I understood that, it made life so much easier because I know that I'm not really the best having an accountability partner because as soon as somebody expects something of me, I generally will get some kind of internal resistance to wanting to do it. Instead, I'm better off having a partnership with someone who just reminds me of the fact that I really want to do something, not telling me that I have to do something. So I, when I've got accountability partners per se, it's more like someone to bounce ideas off and to keep in front of mind, oh, I really do want to do this thing. And that keeps me motivated and on the ball about things. Um, I think motivation, motivational mind maps are amazing. My brother-in-law, Antonio, uh, he's, he, he does those for all of our clients. And actually he'd probably be a smashing guest for your podcast as well, actually. Um, mm-hmm. But um understanding where my where my hot buttons are for me to be most motivated to understand at a deep level what really drives me then i can make sure that i'm including in my day things that actually speak to that instead of me trying to do things that other people said i should be motivated by not everybody's motivated by money you may be motivated by impact some people are motivated by the growth that they get some people are motivated by the challenge of business when you understand those things you can focus on them going to it consciously and maximise your efficacy in business. This is getting a lot deeper than I expected, Claire. I don't know about you. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is. But I was going to say on that note, actually, do you think that sometimes people fall into the trap of actually because they've got their own reasons for doing things, they automatically expect that that's the same reason why other people are doing business rather than asking the right questions? And that's why we, we, we get conflict, I think, sometimes. 
just doesn't, it doesn't just happen in business. We happen in our life too. We have with our love relationships, with our friendships, relationships with kids. We start plastering our expectations on other people, which I think really comes from not having a deep enough anchor in your relationship to yourself. So you're having that projection onto other people. You know, if you're not confident in it, you're trying to seek that confidence by imprinting it on someone else. When, whereas someone that's really confident in what they're doing, happy in their own skin, doesn't really have that much time and energy to think about bothering other people. Yeah, so it's really important actually to take a step back, isn't it? Take a big step back, I think, and start looking at you know, your own strengths and weaknesses and understanding what type of person you are uh, before you even begin at looking at you know, how you can make yourself uh, more effective or make your business more effective uh, by the way you do things. Do you think because of that, because we have to go back to understanding uh, you know, how we tick, do you think people then are more likely to avoid this kind of stuff because it just like seems too hard? It seems too hard. And also if you're doing it, if we're going about this way, if, if we take this conversation to its full completion, then we're talking about responsibility. And if we're taking responsibility, we can't blame people. We can't say it's the government's fault that our business isn't going well or coronavirus's fault, we have to look at the fact that maybe we haven't made the most effective decisions. The fact of the matter is that right now, as horrible as this current situation is, there's actually, quite literally, trillions more money in the world than there ever was. 40% of the dollars ever in existence had been printed in the year or 18 months up to earlier this year. The European Central Bank's been printing at a faster rate than the US Treasury. The Bank of England's been printing in order to keep up with them too. So there's more money actually floating around than ever before. It doesn't go nowhere. It goes somewhere. So we, we don't have the excuse that there's not enough money around for us not to have a successful business. We have to think, is my business that I've gone into even something that even solves a problem that people care about? Someone that's got a, a sausage restaurant in a vegan town is probably not going to have that much success. Oh, I do love a sausage analogy. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's true, right? But we're doing that. Oh, I've got this great idea of sort of an Instagram. Have you even ascertained whether there's a need for your business in the market that you've gone into and then made sure that you're actually communicating that you have that solution in a way that the people that have a problem even can understand. If not, then it's not coronavirus problem. So if we've got um, people listening who are thinking, well, I do work really hard and I do think I work really smartly. Um, at the same time, if we're putting a lot of hours into, into business, whether it be working hard or working smarter, um, how would you encourage people to switch off and how important do you think that that is? Because I know that a lot of people we've spoken to find that particularly difficult, especially if you've got people working from home um, and running their businesses in one place. You don't have that break mm. of walking across to an office, for example. I think people just need to recognise that stress and burnout are real and they actually kill. Mm. This isn't a joke. It's not an over-exaggeration. People die from stress, get ill from stress or get illnesses Cancer can be created from stress, stomach ulcers and other really serious health conditions. A lot of them are coming because there's so much cortisol running through people's systems because of stress. It's really not worth your health. It's not worth it. How would you suggest that people can switch off then? Have you got any, any suggestions as to what tips you would give to help people to wind down? I know I find it really difficult. Boundaries. I mean, for me, I've got shut off time. I have like clear line shut off time. Um, I've got um, special, specific family day, Saturday's family day. I don't really do anything on family day. We have that. We, we go and have breakfast together. We go and do stuff with the kids together on the day. And we've, we've got a dedicated time. But I think that my ability to do that really comes from the fact that my, my, my days are really quite structured around productive 
income generating activities. So at the end of the day, I'm actually complete. If you haven't had any intentionality around what you're doing, you're kind of just fine by the seat of your pants and you're not really moving anywhere forward or don't have any metrics to know that it's time to move forward, then the pressure of needing to perform or needing to succeed would mean that even if you did have a quote unquote family day, it'll be spent thinking about the trouble that you've had before. So I think really just having uh, really intentional activities within a set amount of time wherein you've tested and measured and seen that, oh, this time I'm spending is effective, that's going to do a lot more for you. Then you can create those boundaries and actually honor them. But if you are just sort of hitting and hoping, seeing what happens, then the likelihood is that you're just going to keep running over into, you know, working and working and working, maybe hoping and praying that you're going to get a result versus, okay, I know that if I make this amount of calls, I can get this amount of leads across the line, serve this many people, make this amount of income, which meets my needs. And then if I do have extra time, I can do some extra stuff, but I know that this is what I'm going to do. Or if I need to create X amount of content, or I need to create this amount of podcast episodes in order to reach this many people or make this many products. But again, it does come to have, down to having a conscious relationship with an intentional outcome. Yeah, I agree. And I, you hear this all the time, don't you, with people, certainly people who work, uh, work in the traditional sense where they work to a certain age and then they retire. And if they've been working like a Trojan while they're, while they're working, when they retire, they like think, well, I won't go do it myself now. Uh, and you, you hear of a lot of people who actually lose their life straight out of retirement because they've gone from 100 miles an hour to, to zero and don't have a purpose in life. So I, I can understand that if you're working for yourself and running your own business, at some point there's going to be a time where you're going to either have to switch off because of health or you're going to want to switch off because you uh you know you're 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 done or you sell your business or something so i think having a better balance at the be- at the time you are working just makes that transition a whole bunch easier yeah when when work is all that you know then when work is gone then who are you I mean, when I first started coaching, I was working with people that were going through this transition of creating a new life for themselves, whether it was from a retirement, a career change, or even moving from education into employment or moving between different employments or going through a midlife crisis, because a lot of people don't know what to do with that space where they've got the opportunity to create something new, but we're not, not really taught to think for ourselves. So we spent all this time with someone else telling us, this is what we're going to do. This is what the plan is. When that plan changes, people can get left doing nothing. My mum retired, she was a civil servant, she worked for Newham Council. She retired on a, what did they call it, defined benefits pension and got bored after two years and went and got a part-time job. It's like, she, she, it's like she's now 72 and still has a part-time job because she doesn't know what to do with herself. They say that sometimes, actually, when, when you've been employed, you're so used to being told what to do. You arrive work at the time you're told to, you have lunch at the time you're told to. Um, and go home and all of a sudden when you're working for yourself you're staring at the computer with no Mm -hmm. guidance and that's where a lot of people I think find it particularly challenging so what would be your your top three tips then for people who maybe feel that they are not working smarter and they could be working smarter or smartly should I say um what would be your your three top tips to encourage people to do that first and foremost get to know yourself know what your strengths and what your weaknesses are Number two, get intentional about the outcomes that you are actually seeking to achieve against the backdrop of that. And number three, work with people who have the skills and the experience to support you in creating a roadmap that gets you to the outcome, playing to your strengths and finding you solutions to meet those weaknesses. And the the exciting thing about all this 
Dan, is mm. we love Dan so much. We're doing something on the podcast that we've never done before uh, by inviting Dan to come back next week and talk about something else. <laughs> I'm excited to come back. back. I mean, we've had guests on twice before, but I mean, usually, yeah, we're, we're bored with them by one episode and we are on a break for about six months and then we have them back. Well, but, that's not very nice, <laughs> is it? <laughs> but yeah, Dan's coming back next week we've to talk about... We've just lost half our listeners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I was joking. Uh, but, you know, Dan, Dan's coming back next week. We're talking about a really important topic and one that I'm particularly excited about. And it's about having um, some people call it a niche. Other people call it a niche. And, uh, I, 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 and they call it a niche in the US, don't they, Dan? It makes me feel a bit, I don't know, it makes me feel like a little bit a little bit scratchy. Yeah, some call it niche, some call it niche. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, that's next week. Yeah. And some really important stuff this week. That was a really, uh, it was a really deep episode, but I really, really enjoyed it. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. Do you know, one of the big messages that I took from that was actually it can be our interpretation as to how we are working smarter rather than harder and it's not a one size that fits all no it's not is it it's very different for different people but i think there are some real take-homes there and it's easy to just get what's that phrase that you you hear a lot in small business uh it's something along the lines of you spend more time working in your business than on your business. Yes, yes. Uh, so you kind of you're kind of wrapped up in the day to day grind of keep. Well, I won't call it a grind. It's not grind at all. But you're you're wrapped up in the day to day workings of the business so much that you actually don't actually get round to looking at the big picture. And I think if you mm. end up working harder rather than smarter, there can be be a danger of you doing too much of that stuff. Mm, but also as well you can fall out of love with what you're doing and I think that's a really big one so if you a lot of people um, you know I feel have started their own businesses because they've wanted to get away from the rigmarole you know the nine to five the same things day in day out but if you then slip back into doing that when you're running a business and are really working hard but not enjoying what you're doing I think that can have be have a really detrimental effect yeah, I've I, I kind of been there quite recently, actually, and I, I, I realised that I needed to do something about mm. it, so I've actually hired someone to help me out now. Yeah, see, that's the thing, but the most important thing is recognising it, because the longer that you stay stuck, the harder it is to get out of it. Yeah, so it's an interesting topic, and I'm glad we covered it, and I'm really pleased that Dan's coming back with us next week, um, and it's worthwhile teasing what we're going to be talking about next week, I guess. Yeah, I know, it's brilliant to have him back again. So, yes, we're going to be talking about all about the word niche. What does that actually mean for business owners? Yeah, or, or is it niche or is it niche? Oh, I don't know. I say niche. Yeah, in America they call it a niche, don't niche. they? Niche. And that that sounds like something like that you've got something wrong with your niche. I feel like yeah, I feel like I've got. It makes me feel a little bit square. Got a niche. I've got a bit. Got a niche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you ready for it? I can't wait for this. I'm looking forward to this part. Our third first of the episode is our brand new feature. Uh, now, Dean Fox has been on the show a couple of times. Uh, he's a great motivational this is so speaker. Exciting. Yeah, I'm right. I really can't wait for this. Uh, he's, a, he's a great motivational speaker. He, he always makes me think every time I hear the guy speak. Mm. We've invited him to come on as a regular guest and share something that he does when he does public speaking, which is brilliant, is his little stories that kind of leave you with a... And just, just the way he does oh, it. I love his stories. I know. So, so Medin's going to come on every month and share one of his little stories with a little moral on the end that makes you think. Uh, about how you can become better and bigger at running your own small business. Uh, so here's Dean Fox's story about the donkey. Mm-hmm. 
want to tell you the story of um, a man and his favorite donkey. The donkey falls into a deep precipice. And no matter how hard he tries, the man is unable to extract and help the donkey out of the hole. So he makes the long, hard decision that the only way forward is to bury his favorite donkey alive. And he starts to pour soil onto the donkey from above. The donkey feels the load of the soil as it strikes him and it shakes it off. And then it steps on top of the soil. And as more soil is poured, the donkey shakes it off and steps up again. And the more soil that was poured in, the higher the donkey rose. And by noon, the donkey was free and was grazing in green pastures. Now, I share this story because how we respond to things that happen to us is all about our mindset, our perspective. So when people start throwing dirt on us, we've got two choices. We can let it bury us alive, or we can use it as a platform to rise. I'll leave that thought with you for reflection, and I'll be back soon again with another Mindset Moment. I absolutely love that story. It's so powerful as to how you can control your mind and your thinking when a certain situation presents itself. And if you look at things in a slightly different way, they can really be a very positive message. Yeah, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. change yeah. And, oh, yeah, and you can't beat Dean's storytelling. I love it so much. Yeah, I find him captivating. He knows that. So that brings us to a close today. Thank you so much to Dan for joining us. We are looking forward to welcoming Dan back again for next week's episode as well. And I'm so pleased that you managed to get that whole sentence out without stopping because I know you've got a slight hangover today. <laughs> I have. I'm feeling really fragile, but um, it's all self-induced. It's not actually, it's completely my friend's fault. It's nothing to do with me. If I hadn't heavily edited this part of the episode, <laughs> it would have been about an hour long. Uh, with lots of muck-ups. But never mind, it's fine, that's all right. It's what the editing process is for. We can get through it, Claire, it's fine. Work hard, play hard, that's what I say. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong there. You certainly know how to do the second part, don't you? Oh, <laughs> Maybe it's just gone a little bit off-kilt this week. But um... Anyway, if you want to carry on the conversation, I mean the conversation about the podcast, not about Claire's drinking habit, yeah. um, then uh, you can jo- you can join us on online. We're on uh, Facebook at Big Little Business Show and on Instagram and on LinkedIn too. And and don't forget to check us out on the uh, worldwide internet at www.biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk. Until next week. Oh, you did the W bits. I've got, I've got to get my words in. I thought I'd say it because I knew you'd struggle. Yes, that wouldn't happen today. Anyway, say goodbye, Claire. Bye. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show.